Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Hi, welcome back to the college. We're still continuing our Sacred Spaces in the Bible series. And we are following up on Cornerstone that we did earlier, that episode, and we're continuing with part two this time. Part two of Cornerstone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're still in our Sacred Series of the Bible, the whole series on Sacred Spaces in the Bible. And uh, Wednesday night, we were doing the cornerstone. I want to pick up where we left off. And we just sang, of course, this morning we talked about the clouds and we just sang about the clouds and how Jesus uh, identifies himself as the one who comes in the clouds. And we went through all of that this morning. And we're still talking about this Jesus as the cornerstone. And we're talking about him being the, the stone upon which the temple is built. And out of that stone comes that water that we talked about even this morning. Okay, and we just sang about come thou fount of every blessing and how out of that stone comes life. And we got to first Peter Wednesday night. So I want to go back a couple of verses. We were in first Peter chapter two, verse six. I want to back up now that we have the background. So if you uh, want to catch up on that, find somebody that was here Wednesday night and take them out to Romans and they'll fill you in on what we discussed Wednesday night. So we, we ended up with 1 Peter chapter 2, and I want to grab now, back up and go back through 1 Peter chapter 2, talking about Jesus as the cornerstone in verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone. Talking about Jesus, Peter's talking about how God is building the third temple. Again, as a review, who's the third temple? We are. God is building us as his third temple, as where he chooses to place his presence. This allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. They rejected him. They crucified him. We still don't know what to do with it today. Even if you do watch the Passion of the Christ. And they translate because Mel Gibson decided to use the original languages as best as he thought. But if you do read the subtitles, they even drop one of the subtitles where the woman cries out and says, may his blood be upon us and our children, because it's such a uh, difficult understanding and how it's been seen in history. The rejection of Jesus by God's people. Remember, as he's coming in on that donkey in Jerusalem, he is weeping because he knows they're going to what? We talked about this on Palm Sunday. We talked about this during Holy Week. That they reject Jesus. And we prayed for someone this morning. 
that looks like they have rejected Jesus. And we talked about this morning, those who choose other gods and those who choose to follow God. Good evening. We're glad to have you tonight. Praise God. They have disallowed him. But still, doesn't mean anything. He's chosen of God. It may seem like we've been disallowed. It may seem the world has rejected. They should reject us. We should be rejected by the world. Things should be, as Ed keeps reminding us. We did that verse. How things are waxing worse and worse. Okay? Obviously. And he's coming, as Larry prayed. Let's look at verse 5. We're again, we're in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. We're setting up what we did on Wednesday night with verse 6. He also, get this now. Let me back up to verse 4. We're in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone. Talk about Jesus. He's a living stone. What is the next thing Peter says? Filled with the Holy Ghost. You also are lively stones. I keep trying to tell you. That we are the body of Christ. We are Jesus. We're Christian to this world. You are lively stones and are built up a spiritual house. Whether they do the thing in Texas and the cows and whatever they do. Hallelujah, cow, holy cow, whatever. Don't really care, Barb, that we talked about Wednesday. You weren't, take Barb out. She'll tell you all about it. Take her out for ice cream. I don't know what, what she likes. What they're trying to do to build the other temple. We don't need it. We are the temple. He's building a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. We ended Wednesday night with Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Now, we talked about the pattern this morning in our communion service. That God has set a pattern he wants us to follow. But they chose a different pattern. And here we have again... We're being taught, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. The easiest thing, Ed, would be for the rapture, for Jesus to come. That's the easiest thing. That's not sacrifice. That's just, it's, it's over. The hard thing is to live as a sacrifice in the world that's waxing worse and worse and still be a live stone filled with the life of God offering life to the dead like Jesus did. I mean, if they killed him, he said, they killed me. What are they going to do to you? Acceptable to God by Jesus Christ, just as we sang that beautiful song. We're not accepted because of what we do. Daryl prayed, the song said, we, we got lots of problems ourselves when we look in the mirror. But we're accepted to God because of Jesus. So he goes on. Again, Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. We are a living sacrifice. Jesus offered himself up as a sacrifice to give himself to God. God gave Jesus to the world and Jesus says, okay, world, you're giving me back to God. That's fine. Not maybe the way that you should <laughs> by crucifying him on the cross. But you're giving me back to God. That's fine. And I give myself as a sacrifice to God. And he asks us to be the same, a living sacrifice unto him. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Your spiritual worship, Romans 12, 1. 
It's to be this spiritual house. It's to be the presence of God here upon the earth right now. In Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The world isn't. God is. But the world needs to know who God is, and God sent you to let them know who the world is, the world, who God is. Imagine that God trusts you. He trusts you to represent him to them. To transform, to be transformed, and to be a transformer, to transform this world. Now we can go back to 1 Peter 2, 6. <laughs> that we did Wednesday night. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. He's the chief cornerstone, but we are all stones lined up next to him. He's the master builder, just as God chose Jesus, and he's the elected chosen one, the Messiah, son of God. We also are children of God. We also are God's chosen, elect precious and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Because he is, as we talked about the pattern of this third temple that God is building, he is building us and he's lining us up according to him and his pattern. And we don't fit in this world because we don't belong to this world because we are not citizens of this world. We are not really. I mean, I fought the citizenship thing and I'm still fighting it. For my family. And it doesn't matter because they don't know how to do that stuff down here. Because, as Ed always keeps reminding me, our citizenship is up there. What counts is up there. And it's coming here. He's coming! He's coming! That's what verse 4 says. He is coming! Verse 4 said it. The one who's coming. Let's go on. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he's precious. Oh, that last song, he is precious unto us. They don't know he's precious. They're trying. Always loved it when I was at work. Someone hit their finger with a hammer. Jesus Christ is a great. Now you want to finish that prayer? (laughs) You're talking to the right guy. You're talking to the right guy. That's exactly who you need to talk to. That's exactly. To us, he's precious. To them, they don't know him. But unto them which are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. To them, they don't, they reject Jesus. They ain't got time for church. They ain't got time for God. But although this world rejected him, God makes him first and then lays us next to him. But we become along with him a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, the word, that's the one thing you guys told me when I came here. That's the one thing you said. You got to give us the word. We want the word. They don't want the word. You got to, I said, well, that's no problem. I got a PhD in the word. I can't do all those other things, but I can do the word. Being disobedient, where is it although they were appointed? They are disobedient, but we have been appointed like him. To reach out to them. Just as he was a sacrifice for us. We need to sacrifice for them. Because they don't understand. And Jesus said to love them. And show them God's love. 
Show them why Jesus is so precious to us. Not because we think we're perfect, because we're not. But he is perfecting us and he will perfect them. You don't have to go to church and be perfect. You go to church so that the one who can perfect you will speak to you and mold you and make you into what you need to be. A vessel of honor unto God. Going on in verses 9 and 10. You should be familiar. These are familiar passages to you. Familiar passages. You've heard this. But you, you, not them that rejected Jesus, not them that trip over the word. You notice we get in the same position. Think about it. This imagery that Peter's talking about. He tells everyone it's the same. It's no different. We fall on our knees to pray to God and they trip over God and fall down. But we all bow down. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priest. You're chosen. You're God's priesthood. You're God's temple, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should what? Show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah. This is all in the context of this entire series I've been teaching you on sacred spaces in the Bible as being God's third temple, shining the light of Christ. In this world. He says, as long as I'm in this world, I am the light of the world. Goodbye. Now you're the light of the world. Tag, you're it. Which in time past were not a people. They disobeyed God. We went through that this morning in in 1 Corinthians 10. They worship cows, golden cows. Come on. They got naked before a cow. Who does that? They did. They got drunk and they got naked before a cow. And they worshiped other gods. So then God said, you're not my people. But now you weren't God's people. But now he's brought you back in. But now the people of God, now you're the body of Christ. Now you're that third temple of the Holy Ghost. Now you're God's people, which had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. And that mercy that we have, they can have too out there. Now, Hmm. good stuff. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. We went there already. Let's revisit this. Let's revisit this. This is again review. We went to this verse talking about Jesus being the first apostle. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, you are partaking as a brother in the heavenly call of Christ, who is the Son of God, and you are brothers and sisters. Therefore, you're in the family of God. Therefore, you are holy because God is holy. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. We talked about Jesus as the apostle, and then he called others to be apostles. Jesus is the priest. The high priest, but he calls us to be priests. He called us a holy nation, a royal priesthood. What do priests do? They go and try to clean this world of all the filth that's going on. That verse, the world's waxing worse and worse. We are called to be godly and to represent God in this crazy world. The world's a mess and needs a Messiah. We are called to bring the Messiah to the messes. Verse 2. We didn't do verse 2 last time. See, I'm taking you a little deeper each time. Who 
was faithful to him that appointed him. Jesus was faithful to God who appointed him. And he's calling us to be faithful to the God that has appointed you and I to be Christ to this world, to bring Christ. As also Moses was faithful in all his house. Moses was faithful. Remember, we did that, Exodus 25, 40. Moses ascended to heaven, saw the heavenly sanctuary, came down and built it so people could experience God on earth. The pattern that Moses established. That's the pattern that Paul and Peter are both, and now the author of Hebrews, they're all trying to let us know by the Holy Ghost that we need to bring God here upon the earth. Our Father, you're in heaven. I'll be your name. Your kingdom come here on the earth. Just as this is in heaven, here right now, as much as we can bring it. Through our prayers, through our worship, through our consuming, being partakers of the heaven calling. The BVN, partakers on the radio, listening to Jesus. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Surrounding ourselves with the things of God to become more like God. Faithful in all of his house. Verse 3, for this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, Jesus. He was just a man that you crucified, but he was counted more glorious than Moses. Of course he was. Inasmuch, inasmuch, he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. He has more honor because he's the one, he's the master builder. Some people just translate that word carpenter that Joseph was, but it was a builder. A builder, an architect, a builder, a master builder. Jesus is building us as, and he gets more honor. More honor. David didn't get to build the temple. Solomon had to do it, but Jesus comes and he is building because he's greater. Even as he's the son of David. Four and five. For every house is builded by some man. Every house is built by some man. The idols are built by what? Men. Idols are built by men. But he that buildeth all things is God. Again, where did you get me? Where's that place at? Wild goose. Discount. Did they build me? That's my parents. Did they build me? No. They've been trying to, they wonder why the wild goose closed. Hey, can we get our money back? Can't take me back. And Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant. Moses is just the servant of the house. For testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. The greater is coming. Those things coming after Moses is greater. And after Moses, Jesus. Wow, that's greater. But guess what? We're still waiting for the sequel. <laughs> we just got the first time Jesus came. Man, when he comes again. That's the sequel. It's going to be even greater. You think the first glory was something. Wait till you see what's coming. New and improved. Jesus 2.0. Hallelujah. And he's saying we can actually tap into some of that now. I'm going to give you just a taste. I'm going to let some of that happen now. Because I'm going to come through the Holy Ghost through you. Verse 6, 
But Christ is a son. He's not a servant. He's not a servant. Moses was a servant. Christ is a son. Over his own house. It's his house. Jesus' house. Whose house? We are. We belong to Jesus. Why? Because he bought and paid for us. If we hold fast to the confidence. Remember we talked about that this morning. Even that song. Come thou fountain of every blessing. Prone to wonder. Lord I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. You can go after them other gods. That was the one thing they kept harping on. Paul said, hey, you can't go after those other spirits of those other gods. As Larry rightly prayed, you've got to go for the one God. You got other issues as Daryl prayed? Yes, we can, we can do that. As that song said, we can, we can get that adjusted. We can pray and God's going to deal with those other things. But you cannot leave God. You cannot leave God. God can deal with anything. But if you leave God, he's, he's going to let you. If we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm until the end, the hope that we have of the end, the hope that you keep praying about, that we all keep wanting the end. Oh, yeah, we know how this movie ends and we can't wait. Anybody watch that? What is it called? The Lord of the Rings? That thing's like, like 12 hours or something. It's like, my goodness, is this thing ever going to end? But that's what Ed's saying. Man, goodness. How many Star Wars have they made now? 29, Star Wars Part 29. Is that thing ever going to end? Ed's like, is this world ever going to end? I'm ready to go. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> we want to get to the end because we know how this thing ends. <laughs> Woo! We're ready. We have that hope. We have that confidence. Then no matter, just as we did with Peter and just as we did Paul this morning, we have the confidence that we know that he is faithful even when we are not. Mm, I love this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you haven't figured it out yet, the part one of this done Wednesday night was all about Jesus being the cornerstone. Part two is all about why, oh, you. Why are you here? Ye are God's fellow workers working as a co-laborer with Christ. You are God's field. You are God's building. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this is where we're at now, you are the temple that God is building. And Paul is going to talk about the temple. So now we're going to do 1 Corinthians Chapter 3, but let's back up to Genesis 49 to grab a hold of what's going on here. But bow, but his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone, the stone, the cornerstone of Israel. Talking about Jesus, but then he is going to Make us, Israel, the people of God, stones. And together we are God's building. Paul's grabbing from this imagery in Genesis 49, 24. That we are God's building. We're that stone. Isaiah 8, 14. And he shall be what? For a sanctuary. He shall be a sanctuary. Not this is the sanctuary. You are God's building. You are 
holy place. You are the sanctuary. But for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both houses of Israel, for a gin and a snare to the heavens of Jerusalem. They, and that's exactly what happened. They got Jesus and they're all excited. Hosanna on Sunday and Friday. Crucify him. They stumbled over him. Jeremiah 51, 26. And they shall not take of thee a stone for a corner, nor a stone for the foundation, but thou shalt be desolate forever, says the Lord. This is the ones who worship idols that we talked about this morning. Paul is talking about idolaters in 1 Corinthians 10 who turn to the other idols and reject God. And what do they do? They're desolate forever. They're nothing. Earlier in Jeremiah chapter 2, he says, it's like a pot that's got holes in it. And you pick the water up and you get ready to go and all the water's already gone. <laughs> a useless pot. A cracked pot. A cracked pot. They, they, they want to take of God's life, and then, but they don't take anything. We talked about those people. What did it say in 1 Corinthians 10? They were all baptized, but not everybody went in. <laughs> not everybody went in. Many of them died desolate because they rejected God and went after idols. Matthew 21, 42 to 44. Jesus says unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, now that's what you heard, let me tell you. Now I'm going to tell you the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. I've seen my wife take stone and she takes stuff from the field and she grinds it into powder. If we fall upon this rock in repentance and pray and ask God to forgive us of our sins, just as we sang in that song, God will use us to be this Building that Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 3 as he's building. But if we refuse, that rock is going to crush us. The rock is going to crush us into powder. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. We need to understand and let these people know they can fall upon the rock, but you don't want the rock to fall upon you. We can fall upon the rock. The rock that we preached about in 1 Corinthians 10. The rock that they held through the wilderness that gave them the water. So I'm tying all these messages together. Sherilyn's like, when are you going to do that? Well, she's not even here and I'm doing it. <laughs> but she'll listen. Matthew 23, 37 through 39. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest. Remember, we talked about that. On Palm Sunday, we talked about they're grabbing stones. They stone them. That's what they wanted to do. Jesus, get your disciples to shut up because we're going to have to stone them because they're committing blasphemy. You stone the prophets. How often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings. And we did that message. Under the wings. And ye would not. Ye would not. We did that message. We did that. Palm Sunday, they would not. They would not. 
fall upon the rock. No. Calling Jesus a blasphemy. They wanted to stone him. Listen, you don't understand. You're going to throw your little tiny rock at Jesus. Listen, the rock's going to fall upon you and grind you to powder. You would not fall upon the rock. The rock's going to fall upon you. Behold, your house, your house, your house is left. This is the one they spent all that money on, Herod's temple. They took so many years to build. They get it finished. We finally finished that project. And the Romans show up and say, get out. (laughs) And the Romans destroy it. Your house is going to be desolate because you're building the wrong house. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. And he goes all the way back to Psalm 118, which is what I taught you about several times in the last couple weeks since Palm Sunday. I've been teaching you all about Psalm 118, and that's what he's quoting, and that's the song they're singing. We just did three verses of that song. Well, this is the same, got three stanzas. Go back to Psalm 118, which is what they sang when they put the water from Siloam in the temple to represent life coming out of the temple. And yet they were blind. John 9, they were blind. But the blind man saw. Because <laughs> he went to the same water they did. They poured it into their building that did nothing. And Jesus had that man use that on his eyes and he could see. Back to 1 Corinthians 3 now. Now that you've got all these pieces together, verse 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a master, wise master builder. Paul saying, God, I'm, I, Jesus was the apostle, but I'm the apostle. Jesus is the master builder. I am building churches. I am building the temple of God as the master builder. I have laid the foundation. The foundation of Ephesians says what? And the foundations are laid upon the apostles and prophets. Paul says, I'm giving you the foundation of Christ. I have laid the foundation another builds on. I watered, Apollo come along and he planted and the next one came and he weeded and, the next one, and then we had a harvest. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. God is building a work here and we have to take heed to what God is doing. Verses 11, we're still in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If we're going to do anything else, forget it. Anything else than Jesus Christ, forget it. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, what foundation? The foundation of Jesus. We're building God's work here at Cottage Hills. We're building this. All these messages are to help you understand what God is trying to do here. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. All of it. Whatever you bring. Every man's work will be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work. What sort it is? God is going to burn all this and the gold gets burnt, but it's purified, refined and the dross is removed. The same with the silver, the same with the stones, precious stones. Are you seeing all this that the Holy Ghost is bringing to you from Jesus from Isaiah, from Peter, from Paul. It's all coming to you. The stones, the stones, the stones, the stones are wood. The wood will burn up, be ash. Hey, stubble, it's all going to burn. Sure, there's going to be some things in my life that's definitely going to burn, and I want to burn. (laughs) 
I want to burn. Don't you ever, you know, the old days you took out the trash and could burn it? <laughs> you don't want to keep the trash. There's things in your life that need to go out in the trash and need to be burned. I'll be happy that they burn. Other things that need to be refined. We're continuing. 1 Corinthians 3, 14 to 15. If any man's work abide which he hath built upon us, so the fire comes, burns everything up. What remains? What abides? What is left? He shall receive a reward with what's left. What is not burnt up. Everything you do every day, all that stuff is going to go through the fire and what was meaningless and nothing was, will all be burnt up. But you get a reward from that which survives the fire on judgment day when we stand at the bema seat of Christ and he purifies our lives and burns away everything that was worthless. Purifies everything that was worth something so that only that which is of worth is left behind. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Of course. A lot of it's going to be lost. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Saved by the fire. If a man just, that's all he's got is wood, hay, and stubble. At least you got in here. The thief on the cross, wow. Turned to Jesus and said, when you go into your kingdom, can you remember me? He said, today you'll be with me in, fire, in paradise. You ain't got anything else. You're coming alone. But you know what? His story's been told how many times? And how many people have been saved because of his testimony? Maybe he does have reward after all. The thief on the cross, the man that came to the 11th hour and worked that one hour and gets the same pay, he will be saved even if by fire. Even if his whole life didn't matter, he still got saved. Won't have much rewards, but he's still saved by fire. By fire. Hmm. Verse 16. Now you get the context. Now I'm putting all these pieces together for you. Exactly what Sherilyn asked me to do. What she knew I was going to. She said, I know what you're doing. You're going to put all this together for me. Know you not that you are the temple of God. Now you know what this means. Because you've been through all these verses in chapter 3 that I just gave you tonight. Plus everything I've been doing in this entire series on sacred spaces. To understand, know you not that you're the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. Do you not know this? I need you to understand this. God says, Paul says, and I'm saying as your pastor, I need you to understand. Don't you know? Don't you know? Ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Don't you know? God dwells in you. Verse 17. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Jesus said, destroy me and I'll rebuild this temple. Put me through the fire and I'll burn it all up, but I'll clean out. I'll clean it up. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. This is what God's challenging us with. God's work is happening right here. It's going to go through fire. There's going to be a lot of worthless stuff that's not going to be remembered. You think when we get to heaven, Paul says, remember what Paul says, well, you know, right now we can hardly see. Some of you say that I can't see, right? You need a chauffeur, can't quite see. I understand, I'm having vision problems myself, I can't quite see. Okay? Can't quite see. Paul says we can't see, we only know in part. But when we get there, we're going to fully know. You think when we get up there, some of the stuff that we did down here was so stupid, we only remember. 
for that stuff. It'll be burned up by fire. But the stuff that matters is going to be what? That's a reward. And that's what I'm after. Let's go as a church after the stuff that matters. And let's build the kingdom of God. So when he comes, he can be proud of the house that we have made. Not by human hands, but by the spirit of the living God. He's a living stone. We're living stones filled with God's spirit. Let us be the temple of the Holy Ghost. Father God, I thank you for this word tonight. I thank you that you challenge us to be who you want us to be. There's so many things in this world distracting us that aren't worth a thing. We get excited about whether the Cardinals win or lose. Oh my goodness. Doesn't matter. Who's going to remember that a year from now, 10 years from now? They can quote up all the stats they want. Mike Shannon can give you every stat. He can call up every stat he knows about the St. Louis Cardinals. And it won't do a hill of beans. Because he's standing with you now in judgment. And whatever is right, I know you will do. But his stats about baseball aren't going to help him one bit. Father God, let us be concerned about the things that matter. And the only thing that we can take to heaven with us is someone else. Help us to be your temple. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.